Ladies and gents, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Optimize Your Body podcast. Today, I wanted to share some really valuable wisdom with you. My biggest 15 lessons over the last 15 years of coaching is crazy to think. Well, I was 20, 21 years old when I first got into personal training. I'm now 36 years old. And I've learned so much. And these are lessons that I've learned from obviously coaching clients, but also lessons that I've actually implemented myself along my health and fitness journey to help me reach my full potential. Now, there's going to be so much value in this. But before I get into it, my friend, right, I find it incredibly fascinating, right, that when I look at the data on Spotify and iTunes and all our audio channels, most of you are not subscribed to the podcast. I want to make a deal with you, my friend, right? If you hit follow or subscribe, I'll work absolutely relentlessly to make this show better and better and better, right? I can't tell you how much it helps us, right? When you hit that subscribe button or the follow button on Spotify, the show is going to get bigger and we're going to get the biggest guests in the world on the show, right? You've seen some of the guests we've had on. You haven't seen nothing yet, right? This is the only favor I'll ever ask you, my friend, right? So please go ahead and do that right away. And thank you for your time. So let's get stuck in. In no particular order, right? The first lesson is something I always talk about. That's choosing health over aesthetics, right? Now, when you're driven mainly by how you look, right? If you're listening to this, you probably want to improve the way your body looks because that's everyone, right? For the most part. Now, when you're focused on insecurities, for example, right? Let me use this as an example. A lot of people, um, they have certain parts of their body that they're insecure about. And for lack of a better word, they actually hate, right? So they're driven by insecurities and self-hate. And you can get good results doing that short term, but those results don't last when you're driven by that, right? Because that creates a disorder, first and foremost, and it doesn't keep you going long-term because it's not a deep enough reason uh, to keep it going. And it keeps you, it doesn't enable you to connect to the important health markers that are actually going to really get you into the shape of your life. Now, my, I'm not going to go too deep into my story. I've mentioned it many a times before, but I have done a lot of bodybuilding. I used to be driven by aesthetics on an extreme level, right? In terms of how I look, because I was getting judged on stage, but some of my best clients have had this same struggle, right? Um, I'm going to give you another example, right? Focusing like with my clients, I so often I get them to focus on performance in the gym, setting goals with their strength in the gym, for example, whether that be squat, deadlift, you know, doing pull-ups. It could be anything at all, right? But I get them to switch their focus uh, into that. And then what happens when you get stronger and healthier, you actually look better as a byproduct, right? And it was only, you know, I'm in the shape of my life now physically and mentally, and my top performing clients who have got to that level as well, they are all focused on being really aware of health. And what I mean by that is, you know, dialing in their sleep, optimizing their sleep, you know, noticing what happens to their energy levels when they go to the gym or where they eat certain foods, you know, just having a, a basic level of awareness with their gut health, you know, and really it's the mental and emotional health that will keep you going long-term. You can ask anyone, like I've been training for two decades now, right? You can ask anyone who's been training as long as I have, it's the mental and the emotional health and all the other amazing health benefits that keep you going long-term. Okay, there's a small percentage of people I've met in the bodybuilding world who are still training based on how they look, right? But they have serious body dysmorphia and they're not healthy, right? Simple as that. So health over aesthetics. Number two is develop your metabolism, my friend, right? 
I talked about this on the previous podcast, but you have to focus on developing your metabolism. A good analogy of this is a car engine, for example, right? If you look at a Ferrari, right? Um, it's guzzling a lot of petrol, right? If you look at your metabolism as your engine for your car, let's just say for me, I've got a Ferrari engine, right? It costs me a lot of calories to keep this engine churning over. Like if you're driving a Ferrari, it's going to cost you a lot of money in gas, right? Same sort of thing, right? When you have muscle on your body and when you get stronger, when you get healthier, it's expensive. It costs your body more calories, right? So number one, by developing your metabolism and uh, supercharging your metabolism, you can get away with more calories, right? Which is always a great thing. You can enjoy food more and essentially enjoy your life more. Number two is you need to get in shape the smart way, okay? And you want to get your body to automatically burn as many calories as you can by itself. But not only that, you know, when your metabolism speeds up and burns more calories by itself, you have to be healthy to get to that point. You have to sleep well. Uh, you have to be in good foods and high protein to achieve that. And you have to be in, uh, be consistent in the gym. So I can't stress that one enough because I see so many people trying to burn calories calories manually. You know, I'm just going to eat less. I'm going to cut out all my favorite foods and move more or do cardio. And it just simply isn't sustainable, right? I've seen that with people I've coached in the past. They get carried away with cardio. They stop doing it the smart way by focusing on developing their metabolism. And then they end up spinning their wheels. And at some point, they end up going backwards, right? So you have to focus on building your metabolism, building that engine so you can basically get results the smart way and get results that you can sustain. It's like an insurance policy, right? When you, If you look at it that way, building muscle, it's like an insurance policy against life, right? Because um, let's be honest, we like to live our lives. We might like to be social or whatever. And it acts as a policy in place to help you get away with a lot more. And it just makes your life more enjoyable, more um, it's more sustainable, and it will help you get to that next level. Number three, protein is number one, right? Now, out of all the people I've coached, right, people who consistently hit their protein target, right, which to be fair is pretty much all of my clients nowadays, they get incredible results, right? Now, the reason for this is when you're eating like a lot of protein and fiber as well, but I'm not going to go into the fiber conversation. If you're having high protein and you're having foods which are high in protein every single meal, it will, number one, blunt your appetite. Number two, when you're eating like whole meat, for example, and eggs, you're getting the most nutrient-dense foods into your body. So most of the bioavailable nutrients you need, you get in as a side effect. And number three, going back to metabolism, it speeds your metabolism up. So protein and fiber, especially protein, they have a high thermic effect on the body. So it costs your body a lot of calories to digest protein, for example, right? So when people consistently do that, everything in their life changes. You know, energy levels go up as well. There's, I could keep going down the list, but hitting high protein consistently and hitting that target will absolutely change the game. And it is just absolutely paramount. And also for longevity as well, because when it comes to processed foods, you know, ultra processed foods basically are just loaded with fats and carbs primarily, and they're highly palatable and they make us want to eat more and more of them. Um, whereas foods which are high in protein generally um, have less of those things in there and they blunt our appetite more and stop us overeating. Overeating, overeating and you know, excessively consuming calories is what is making people uh, gain excessive amounts of fat and end up with chronic ailments such as diabetes, right? So it's a deep rabbit hole, but protein is absolutely paramount. Number four, sleep is the foundation. 
If I could go back in time to my own journey, my friend, and optimize my sleep, God knows what I would have done to, done for my life, right? Now, sleep is the foundation for everything else. So you can forget about training and nutrition. You can forget about dialing those things in um, if you're not getting good sleep because your recovery is not going to be as good. Your performance is not going to be as good in the gym. And then, like I mentioned before, even one night's poor sleep has been proven in research to make people eat or sleep-deprived people eat 44% more calories a day. Not to mention a new recent study came out and said that sleep is actually more effective than cardio for fat loss. That's right. Because people who are on a weight loss journey, the ones who were getting like 5.5 hours sleep or less, the ones who were sleep deprived, the weight they were losing, I think about 60% of the weight they were losing was coming from lean body mass. In other words, muscle. You do not want to be paring down muscle. So they were actually paring down muscle and storing fat right? Because they were sleep deprived. It kind of makes sense because the body just wants to survive, right? So it will hold on to that fat at all costs um, as a survival mechanism. Now, I could keep going down the list, but me with my sleep routine, it's constantly at the forefront of my mind. You know, getting to bed at the same time, I wake up naturally then at roughly the same time. And it just literally is non-negotiable. Obviously, I'm going to go away this weekend, for example, because of the public holiday. So I may not sleep as well. I'm not making this podcast about me, by the way. <laughs> I'm just talking about what I do with my routine. But when I go away, I'll be more social now. And I might obviously compromise sleep a little bit. But 90% of the time I'm dialed. And my clients, obviously, they do their best to live the way I'm living, right? So um, it's not about being perfect, but my clients who really nail that sleep routine and they make it a priority, they're not perfect, but they're really aware of it. And they're getting, you know, seven to nine hours, uh, seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Uh, they're coming away from that blue light before bed, you know, at least 60 to nine minutes before bed, they're putting that phone down and they are, you know, sleeping in a dark room, for example, and making sure that the room is super dark and, you know, being mindful of caffeine and what alcohol does to sleep, all those things, just being aware of those things and really kind of dialing the sleep in as much as possible is an absolute game changer for sustainable results and just for overall health as well, right? For your mental health, um, Alzheimer's is a massive link between, um, you know, cognitive uh, dysfunction as you age um, and Alzheimer's, people who get under six hours of sleep, there's a massive correlation between that and things like Alzheimer's and dementia. So it's crucial that you focus on that sleep as a foundation. Number five, I talk about this all the time. Uh, cardio sucks for fat loss, like I just mentioned previously. Cardio, you know, having coached so many people, again, the people that are cardio addicts that I used to train back in the day, and they just, there's nothing wrong with doing some cardio, but, you know, people are addicted to that feeling more than anything. Um, and they end up just overdoing cardio. And then it just sucks for fat loss. So at some point, It'll just store fat loss. And then if you're really overdoing cardio, like I've said before, your body gets more efficient with calories and essentially your metabolism slows down. And once again, this is a vital mechanism. So yeah, cardio sucks for fat loss is a massive lesson. Um, I actually used to do a lot of cardio when I was younger as well. I used to do like half marathons and teach spin classes and everything else. And I was still in really, really good shape. But now I'm in the shape of my life and I do zero cardio. Although I am going to bring a little bit back in Obviously, for longevity and health, cardio is key, um, but you just got to keep the dose minimal if your goal is to achieve sustainable fat loss. Number six is training smart is more important than training hard, right? Now, conveying this message to clients and actually helping them change the way they think about training 
and taking an approach where they're being strategic what what they're doing. For example, you know, instead of going to the gym and hammering themselves and really focusing on pushing all the time with intensity, because intensity is like the most abused variable when it comes to training. Like you look at the likes of CrossFit and F45 and all those things, and it's just purely driven by intensity. There's no smart piece in there. So when I, because I get my clients to focus on, you know, just basically training their body parts more frequently, for example, um, and doing full body workouts, not all clients, but, you know, training every body part at least two to three times per week, for example. So they do, let's say they're doing three sessions a week, they do full body um, instead of doing like, you know, legs one day and then maybe, I don't know, arms one day and then legs another day. They're only training each body part like once or twice in a week then. So that training frequency, um, helping my clients, uh, you know, for example, stop short of failure. So they're not doing every last rep, you know, 80, 90% of the time, like throughout the space of the year, they're stopping, you know, one to two reps short of failure. And that's actually a smart approach. Research shows you build more muscle and my clients get better results doing this. Um, and then also, you know, progressively overloading their body as well and being, you know, smart with that. And just simply, we, we track everything in the app that I use, for example. And when they take this approach and they're slowly adding more volume week on week, so they might be adding a little bit more weight, you know, to their lifts, maybe just 5%. Right, it doesn't have to be a big amount. Again, smart, not adding twenty to thirty percent more, um, and just doing more than you need to because that slows down progress. Uh, or adding more reps instead, or like slowing down their reps and focusing on mechanical tension. Um, there's all these variables that you can use, which is smart, and it gets you better results, right? Um, as opposed to just pushing hard all the time. There is a place to push hard, and we do have that factor. Obviously, intensity is important and overload, but you've got to focus on technique. First and foremost, uh, you know, training the body parts two to three times per week, ideally. Um, most people need to train at a moderate intensity instead of a high intensity most of the time and just more frequently rather than the all or nothing mentality, going hard, you know, and then stopping and losing consistency, right? Because it's always that consistency over perfection. So training smart is more important than training hard. Hard, sorry. Um, number seven is diet plans work until they don't work, Right. It's not sustainable. A diet plan is like giving a man a fish, basically, and you feed him for a day. As the saying goes, you know, teach him how to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. So handing, you know, I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold my hands up. I was guilty of this in my early days as a trainer. You know, I'd be like, follow this diet plan, and I would get pissed off why people are not following it, right? Because human behavior just doesn't work like that. It's too restrictive. You've got to actually have a sustainable approach to what you're doing. You know, the easiest kind of way of eating or diet, whatever you want to call it, uh, the best way to approach it is going to be whatever feels the easiest, whatever you can adhere to. So diet plans work until they don't work. You know, you have to have an approach which is sustainable and that looks different to every person, right? Number eight, what gets measured can get managed, right? In other words, if you're not tracking stuff and you're not actually you know, measuring your progress, for example, you're just guessing and you can't manage the outcome. You can't manage the results as well because you're not tracking, right? So with my clients, we're very, you know, we're, we're hell-bent on just tracking some form of data. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not saying every client tracks food because they don't. I'm not saying every client takes photos every single week because it looks different for every person, but we have to gauge the progress, right? So 
depending on what the goal is, body stats, you know, tracking food so we can see what's going on and you're getting that awareness with food, you know, weighing yourself. These are all forms of self-monitoring um, and you just need to track it and, you know, strength and performance. We've got that tracked in the app, for example, now, so we can see, you know, in black and white, if people are lifting more weight, if they're doing more volume or if they're doing more reps with their pull-ups, just having something to measure, my friend, just remember what gets measured and get managed. Doesn't mean you have to get overwhelmed and track everything that I said then, but having, depending on what your goal is, having some data is always going to be more effective than having no data and you can manage it better to get better results then. Number nine is, this is a big one, setting unrealistic goals. So many people that have coached in the past they come to me and they're like, you know, I want to, what do you want to achieve? I want to build muscle, lose fat, um, run a marathon, and I also want to deadlift double my body weight. Right? This is an extreme version, but you know what it's like, and I know what you're thinking when you listen to this, everyone wants to have their cake and eat it too, right? They want to get incredible results in every single area, and it just doesn't work like that, right? Um, and also, just even just setting more than one goal, to be honest, most people set unrealistic goals, way too complex and not measurable as well, right? So just to give you an example, right, when it comes to when it comes to goals, if you're looking to, you know, basically you want to lose body fat, you want to lose 10, let's just say you want to lose 20 pounds, right? The first step is right, what's the first action step? What is the first goal that I could set myself to start off with? Right. I need to improve my nutrition. All right. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to prep all my meals or I'm going to hire a meal prep company to help me with two meals a day, Monday to Friday. So that's 10 meals a day I'm going to have structured and ready to eat um, every week for the next month. That, my friend, is a very simple, measurable goal that you know a lot of people will be able to stick to. Or you know, let's say your steps are really, really low. A lot of people are like, right, okay, I look at how many steps they're doing. They're doing 3,000 steps. Right, I'm going to go for 10K a day every day now. No, 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 no. Let's scale it back. Right, What's realistic? How about we do an extra 15 to 20-minute walk a day? So that's an extra bloody 2,000 steps a day or whatever, right? You've got to make changes that you can stick to forever. People don't look at that. They don't look at, you know, what goals can I stick to? What goals can I implement? They're going to, one, help me get closer to my end goal, and two, they're going to be sustainable that I can stick to, right? And they're realistic and achievable. That's the big word here, right? It should almost be, in, it depends on the person, like almost laughable, right? I like to set my client, my client's goals like off the, off the bat that they go, of course I can, get, you know, and I say, you know, how confident are you that you can hit that goal on a scale of one to 10? And they say, 10, I can smash that. That's easy. Fantastic. Let's start there, right? That's where you want to be because guess what? Life gets in the way, right? We always get unrealistic. We always get delusional. We say, right, I'm going to smash this. I'm going to hit five sessions a week. And then life gets in the way. And then when you set the bar too high, research shows if you don't hit that high target that you've set, then you actually get a massive drop in dopamine and it's much easier to get demotivated and then self-sabotage. So if you set goals lower, like a minimum non-negotiable goal. For example, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have ten meals prepared for me this week, right? And then guess what? If you on the weekend prepare some meals and you end up eating most of your meals all week, you prepped yourself, then you've exceeded that target, right? And as a side effect of doing that, you're probably gonna lose weight a bit quicker as well. So you're gonna hit that target quicker, right? So that's the way to look at it when it comes to goals. 
Number 10 is consistency over perfection. Perfectionism with so many clients that have coached the type A go-getters and they struggle with perfectionism. And when they haven't been perfect in the past, they've self-sabotaged, right? They've got really pissed off because they couldn't stick to all the goals that they set or because they didn't track their food for a day or they missed a workout because they had to travel with work and they really you know, even if they don't self-sabotage, they, they, they suffer. They, they basically, it's like self-inflicted suffering. You know what it's like. And people really beat themselves up and they cause themselves a lot of unnecessary stress. And then that starts bleeding over into other areas of their life because they're trying to be perfect. And perfectionism, my friend, unfortunately, doesn't exist for anyone. I'm not perfect, right? Even when it comes to my health and fitness, sometimes I'm not perfect, right? Uh, I'm not far off, to be fair, but it's always that consistency or perfection. And, you know, I'm always hammering that home to clients. And when they start seeing them black and white, the results they're getting over the space of 90 days or a year, they realize that actually, if I'm at least 80 to 90% consistent, wow, what I can achieve is absolutely life-changing. Number 11 is unlearning, right, is actually more important than what you learn, my friend, right? There's a great book on this called Think Again by, I think his name is Adam Grant. It's an incredible book, right? Um, and it was a game changer for me. But this is something that I've had to do in the past and I still do now is unlearning all the information. Let's be honest, you know, we're living in the information era and there's so much we've learned. Not even that, forget about the information era. We learn so much, especially when it comes to nutrition, right? You know, it's so conflicting. There's so much information out there, right? And people are actually more confused. And again, people are getting fatter than ever, right? So a lot of times when people, I, I take people on, it's actually getting them to unlearn certain beliefs they might have with training, um, that, what they might have with nutrition, or certain beliefs that they have about themselves, right? Mindset-wise as well, whether that be in terms of uh, self-belief issues, self-doubts, or even body image issues, you know, unlearning certain stories that you've told yourself is actually more important than what you learn. Okay. And that then is the difference between you getting, you know, life changing, sustainable results and not. Because if you if you're stuck in your ways with beliefs that haven't served you and haven't got you to where you want to go, then guess what? You have to unlearn and you have to relearn, you know, other simple methods, right? So that's an absolute game changer that I've learned over the years with clients. It's like their ability to unlearn and their willingness to actually trust the process and unlearn the stuff which hasn't served them. Number 12 is information by itself is useless, essentially, right? Not useless, right? But it's not effective. Again, like I was saying there, we live in the information era. We've got more information uh, available than any other time before in human history. Uh, but that information by itself is not going to get you the results. Now, why is that? Because it's what you implement, which is what's going to get you um, healthier, fitter, and sustainable results, right? So people get overloaded with information and they don't know what to implement. And if they do try implementing it, they end up getting overwhelmed or falling short of their goal because that by itself doesn't get you anywhere. You have to have the right methods to be able to implement at the right time and just literally be implementing one piece of information at a time uh, and being consistent with that and then seeing the results and, and what it does for you and then continuing to, to add on to that. And that's when that kind of snowball effect, the compound effect happens. Um, but, you know, all the people I've coached in the past, they've had loads of information available to them. Um, but then they've reached out to me because they, you know, were whatever, overweight, 
um, unhappy or just simply not getting the results that they wanted. Number 13, and this is really, really important. You've got to know why it's important to you, right? You've got to have a real reason to change. Now, you know, for example, you know, you might want to, I'm going to use the weight loss example. You might want to lose weight, right? And you have this wishy-washy goal of, I'm going to lose six kilos, right? I'm just going to lose this six kilos and I'm going to be good then. But you don't know why. You don't know why it's important to you, right? You've got to unpack that. It's like, right, I want to lose six kilos. Why is that? Ah, uh, you know, I want to feel more confident. All right, well, why do you want to feel more confident? Why is that important to you? Well, to be honest, I'm not feeling good in my relationship. Um, I'm lacking confidence. I'm finding myself having sex with the lights off, right? I'm just, I've heard this stuff before, ladies and gents, on a call, um, because I'm self-conscious about my body. All right, okay. So, you know, what does that look like to you then? Being more confident. Well, you know, I just want to be able to show up better in my relationship and not be in my own head and not present when I'm with my partner and then getting snappy at my partner. Also, I want to be a better role model for my kids. You know, I want to show them how, you know, self-confident um, has changed me and how much benefit this has had into my life. And I really want them to be really confident as well. And you see what I mean here, my friend? I'm going deeper on the why. And you've got to unpack why that's important to you. Um, you know, anything in life, you've got to know why it's important to you. And if, you know, you haven't got a strong enough real uh, reason to change, then it's just going to get too hard for you to put the work in when things get tough, my friend. Um, so you have to know why it's important to you. Number 14 is comparison is the thief of joy. Okay. Now, I know you've heard this quote before. But, you know, naturally as humans, we compare ourselves to others, right? It's called social comparisons, right? It's an evolutionary thing we've done to keep us alive. So there's some value in it. However, with the emergence of social media and everything, right, what I've noticed is um, client, clients, and even now, I had a chat with my client the other day, and she was uh, comparing herself to all these WBFF uh, fitness models online. And uh, despite her getting tremendous progress, she was getting into her own head. And quite frankly, she was feeling down. So when she jumped on the call, um, she opened up and shared it with me. And then she had that awareness as to, oh, wow, you know, do I really need to be following all of these, you know, fitness models that are shredded, you know, showing these shredded photos and stuff like that all year round? Um, and yeah, it can be the thief of joy, right? Now, I would argue on the flip side, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll discuss why it can be valuable in the next point. But long story short, you have to be mindful of your emotional environment, right? In terms of who you're following on social media, right? Who you're comparing yourself to, is that getting in the way of what is, you know, realistically achievable with what you want to achieve on your health and fitness journey? Because if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people online, for example, um, you're always going to be disappointed, my friend, right? Uh, you're always going to be falling short. And this is not just with fitness. And by the way, I still do this at times, right? We all do it at times. But having that awareness to check yourself on that and take a step back and go, hang on a minute, right? You know, am I actually doing what I need to be doing? Am I actually moving forwards or backwards? You know, okay, great. I'm making progress. Then do I need to be, there's nothing wrong with comparing yourself to someone who's got something that you want, whether that be body, business, or whatever, or relationship, whatever that could be. Um, and actually look into that as inspiration to compare yourself to, to make you better and make you a better version of yourself. That's actually a good thing. That's a good drive, right? Uh, that's going to help you achieve more. However, if it's getting you down, if you're looking at other people's bodies and, for example, and it's getting you down and it's making you kind of sabotage or it's making the negative self-talk in your head worse, uh, it's making you beat yourself up, then you've got you've to change that, right? You've got to 
for example, unapologetically unfollow people online who are not adding tremendous value to your life. You know what I mean? And, you know, being around people who really help you become better is great, right? And help be around people who make you grow. Uh, and that is absolutely paramount, right? If you want to grow and you want to be successful in any area of life, you've got to have those people around you. However, if you're spending too much time around those people, then that can be a little bit of an issue because then you constantly feel like you're falling short, right? So I think having that balance of who you spend your time with is key, right? So comparison is the thief of joy. However, on the flip side, going into point number 15, uh, environment, it can also be a good thing. Like I just said, then it can inspire you uh, and it can dictate, it will dictate success. Having some level of comparison can be a good thing. Now, this is the last point. Environment is everything, right? Your net worth is your network. It's as simple as that, right? Because for example, an analogy I like to use is, you know, imagine you're a boxer, for example, or a boxer. He's lead, I'll use this one before, but he's coming into, you know, he's training for a fight. He wants to spar against people that are going to push him and challenge him and that are going to give him a rough time in the ring, essentially. So then when he gets into the main event, he's prepared and he's done what he can to actually be at his best in the ring, right? It's the same as anyone listening back to this, right? You've got to have those sparring partners around you who want to see you grow first and foremost, who uh, give you a good example to follow, right? Who have certain habits and behaviors and traits that you actually aspire to uh, implement yourself. And that is the key for, I've noticed it with, and what I've, a big one, I did a whole podcast on this, right? And it was called, Is Your Partner Making You Fat, right? One of the uh, recent ones. And this is an example that, you know, I've seen this in the past with clients where they've had tremendous results. They've had to fundamentally reinvent themselves to get, you know, a healthier, fitter, and stronger. And then they've had a partner who is not on the same journey and they've been kind of pulling them back. And not only are they not uh, making it easier for them because they're not, you know, they're not training or eating as well, but they're actually giving them pushback then because, you know, you know what it's like, people project how they feel internally, right? So then they give them pushback in terms of their own insecurities are being projected into the relationship. And then they're, you know, oh, why are you not, you know, why are you not enjoying this pizza with me? Or why are you doing that? You're getting obsessed and all this kind of stuff. Um, and when you, and research shows, if you have criticism or um, anything negative like that along your journey, then that is uh, the worst thing really for sustainable progress. If you're getting constant criticism, that's a big no-no. Whereas on the flip side, if you've got the right environment, you've got the right people around you, um, then that is actually again, proven in research, especially with sustainable weight, weight loss, it's actually key to be getting compliments and encouragements. It really, really helps on your journey when people notice that and they encourage you, right? Um, and that's why, you know, our community at Optimize Your Body has been so powerful because people are surrounded by the right sparring partners um, and they're around people who want to improve themselves, right? Even when you go to the gym, for example, my friend, right? You know, the good thing about going to the gym is, for the most part, you're surrounded by people who are, who want to improve themselves, right? That's why they're in the gym. Um, so being in those circles is is absolutely everything. And that's the final, uh, the last but least, not sorry, that's the final lesson there out of my 15 years, 15 lessons uh, over the last 15 years as a coach. So hope that was valuable, my friend, and helpful. Um, I just want to share with you as well, uh, this is the last chance now, my friend, right? Because um, I have, I did have <clears throat> uh, three people reach out from the last podcast regarding the six-week program. And long story short, 
I have a few spaces available now because I haven't launched it on my social media. I'm going to be launching it uh, this Sunday or this Tuesday, one of those two days, and then it's going to be a wrap. So now is your last chance, my fellow podcast listener, to jump on board or inquire about my six-week program. It's a good opportunity to get your foot in the door, okay? It's obviously, you know, half the price of my usual 90-day coaching package, okay? So massive opportunity for you. So if you're looking to drop four to six kilos of body fat and you want to build lean muscle and also um, supercharge your energy and get a understanding of how to manage your food and lifestyle uh, once and for all within the next kind of six weeks, all you got to do is drop me a DM on Instagram with the word info or click the link in this bio uh, in the show notes and fill out the coaching form or just drop me an email admin at optimizeyourbody.com. But whatever you do, reach out as fast as you can. Instagram is my best form of contact. Drop me a DM with the word info on there. And I'm going to leave it there, ladies and gents. Thanks for tuning in. I'll speak to you very soon.